alone. Thank you that you never let go of us. Thank you for your amazing grace. Lord, I pray that as we turn our attention to your word now, Lord, that you would speak to us through the power of your word. By your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. Well, this morning in the series that we're in the middle of, the Everybody series, Building Lives, Building Community, we come to one of my favorite passages in the Bible when it comes to the church or the body of Christ. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 for the whole morning. So if you want to turn there right now, uh, please do that. But in the last couple weeks, uh, as we've been in this series, we've, we've been talking about this concept of everybody. In the first week, we talked about how everybody is a part, how the church is not just for church people. And sometimes the church can come across that way, to where people think the church is just for church people. The problem with that is, if they think that the church is just for church people, they begin to think that Christianity is just for church people. And if they believe that Christianity is just for church people, then they will conclude that Jesus is just for church people. And that's just wrong. Um, Jesus died for everyone. Everybody Apart, And last week we talked about everybody invited, that as Christians we have this information. Uh, we have God's Word and we have this information, the good news of Jesus Christ. And that when somebody receives that information from us, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and they get it, they believe it and they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, their world is rocked. The gospel is explosive in life. And it changes their life never to be the same. And today we're talking about the fact that God, that to God, everyone is important. Every body is important. Nobody is a nobody because, as we will see, everybody is a somebody. Everybody is important. And last week I mentioned that whenever I think of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I always am um, reminded of a Rube Goldberg and a, and a Rube, Rube Goldberg, I'll explain about it a little bit more as we go through the message today, but it's, it's really a, a machine that does a simple task. And for us here this morning, this contraption that's not a musical instrument, um, the purpose of this contraption is simply to pop this white balloon. Um, and this white balloon represents the explosiveness of the gospel. Okay? That's what this white balloon represents. And I'm going to attach this white balloon right here. All right. It's different than it was first service for some reason. So, um, the miracle tape, right? Duct tape. Everybody has a, some of this right in their back pocket. Um, I'm going to, just to make sure that our balloon is in the right place, there. Okay. Okay. So that is the goal of our Rube Goldberg this morning. 
So I'm just going to show you briefly what it's going to do. Okay, this is where it starts right here. Okay, and, and this is the initial um, thing that gets the ball rolling, right, as the case may be. Now, this right here is exactly what it looks like. This is not a medicine ball. This is a ball of duct tape. Okay, and it is heavy. Okay, and if you were one of the students that was in youth ministry when I was the youth pastor, and when, as I talked about last week, when we went on music and drama tours, we did music and plays for churches all across the country. One of the students at one of our first programs decided that it would be a good idea to save all of the duct tape that we put our chords down on the floor with, all of our musical chords, our light chords. We used, a prob- I don't know how much duct tape, but we used <laughs> this much right here. This is a couple years, and Pastor Ty has had it up in his office um, because Pastor Ty was actually on one of those uh, music and drama tours. So, this ball is going to roll down here. It's going to hit this switch right here. It's going to turn electricity on to over here, and it's going to turn that fan on, and it's going to turn this blender, this mixer right here, on, which is going to spin the wheel of misfortune. Again, if you've been a part of youth ministry or camp, you know what the wheel of misfortune is. Um, Anyway, the wheel of misfortune is going to spin. It's going to pull this nail out, releasing some golf balls that are going to run down here and run into this basket. When they run into this basket, it's going to raise this spoon up here, and it's going to turn the switch on to this power strip, which turns this fan and this hot, uh, hot gun on. Hot heat gun. Thank you. Okay? Um, This fan is going to oscillate, spinning the heat gun over here, melting this fishing line right here, putting into motion this sledgehammer, which hits this board, which pops this balloon, which releases a brake that is holding that airplane right there. Okay? That airplane right there is going to swoop down and pop this balloon, and this fan, which has been running, is going to blow the confetti that's inside all over, and we're going to celebrate the explosiveness of the gospel. Alright. Should we try it? Nope. We're going to do that later. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 if you're not already there. If you didn't bring a Bible, please grab one from underneath a seat in front of you. If you're not familiar with the Bible, grab a Bible and turn to page 1136. And right there you will find 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we will begin reading in verse 1. And our first point this morning as we look at five truths that cause the body of Christ the church, which is not a building, but a group of people, it's us, to operate in the healthiest manner. So, five truths this morning. The first truth is this, that everybody is gifted. Everybody is gifted. Um, This is just the way that God has created us to be. It's intentional on God's part. So, let's begin reading in verse 1. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers. I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans... Okay, let's stop right there. Paul is saying... When you weren't Christ followers, when you didn't know the truth and you didn't believe it, you didn't know and believe in the name of Jesus Christ, okay, then he continues, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. You committed your life to things, Paul says, to things that were powerless. We just sang a song that says, um, you are not a God that was created by human hands. Little g. And, and that's what, what Paul was talking about here. They had idols. They had graven images. They, they, they had rituals that they did and they performed in front of things. They sacrificed children to God's little g. Meaningless, powerless things. Now, today we don't have so many of those 
graven images or, or those sorts of idols. But, but I believe we do have idols. We do have things that are made of green paper and there's popular people and power and prestige. Things that we put our trust in outside of God. And, and there's even a TV show called American Idol, right? Okay, and what is that person? It's somebody who's a good singer, a good musician, and, and there are groups of people that in essence worship them. They give lots of money to them and they give them lots of time. Okay. And, and isn't it interesting how we so easily in our culture today are willing to give our souls to things like that when there is peace and fulfillment and forgiveness and purpose and importance experienced when we give our lives to Jesus Christ. Paul continues in verse 3, because, he says, because um, you've been led astray, he said, I want to remind you, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You see, there's a positive and a negative test here as to whether or not you have the Holy Spirit in your life. True believers, those who have given their lives over to Jesus, have the presence of the Holy Spirit in their life. The Bible says that upon salvation, we have the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 says this, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of, of your salvation, having believed... You were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. And you also were included, it says, having believed. So if we have the Holy Spirit, we will not curse Jesus. Instead, we will call Him Lord. So a small test there. Paul goes on, verse 4, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. We, we are Christ's. God is sovereign. He is in control. And our gifts come from Him. And He empowers them for us to work in others. God works all of them in all who believe, it says. Look at those two lines. All of them in all men, in all people at the end of verse 6. And, and, and Paul says, first, there's varieties of gifts. Second, there's varieties of service. And third, there's varieties of working. There's all kinds of different ways that we can participate in the body of Christ. And God gives them all to us. And, and I think that's just incredible. And Paul continues in verse 7. Now, to each one... The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, the New Living says it this way, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So these gifts are given to strengthen and, and increase the health of the body of Christ, each other, for the good of the community, for the good of what God wants us to do here on the earth, the proclamation of the gospel. Let's look at the uh, at verses four through eleven in the message uh, in the message paraphrase. It says it this way: God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God Himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. 
everybody is important. Nobody in this room is a nobody. We are all important. We are given gifts, wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits or discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues. And then there's the service and there's many other things. This list here is not exhaustive. Everybody is gifted. Everybody. There was a young executive. He was leaving his office late one evening and as he passed the, the, the workroom in the, in, the, in the secretary's office, the CEO of the company was standing there in front of the shredding machine. And he had a piece of paper in his hand. And, and, and let me tell you, he really needed a, a person that was missing. It was a part of his team at this moment. But, but the CEO says, listen, this is a very sensitive and important document here. And my secretary is gone for the night. Can you make this thing work? Certainly, said the young executive. He, he turned the machine on and he inserted the paper and he pressed the start button. And as the paper went in, the, the CEO said, excellent, excellent. He said, I just need one copy. Yeah. He really needed his secretary. His secretary was a missing piece, right? If there's any part of this machine that's missing, and trust me, sometimes it's hard to get all of them to work together, um, it doesn't, the, the end result doesn't happen. It, it, it short-circuits the process. Everybody is important, and it doesn't matter how small we think our gift is, Everybody is important. You know, we have those, there's those jobs in our society, in our culture, where, where you know, the pay isn't that great, and, and people think less, can think less of those people, um, because, you know, it's just not a very pretty job. But, but, but all of those jobs, and, and one, particular, one in particular that I think of that kind of doesn't get a lot of press, is, is a janitor or a cleaning lady. If, if we didn't have janitors and we didn't have cleaning ladies, um, it wouldn't be long before the CEO, the most powerful, highest paid person in a company, couldn't do his job or her job. I mean, it, it doesn't matter how small you think your gift is. It's important and God wants to use it. He has given it to you. And we need to remember that. Everybody has a gift. Second, the body of Christ is healthiest when we understand that everybody needs one another. Paul continues in verse, uh, in verse 12 of, of chapter 12. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Could, could you imagine that? I mean, you've seen those commercials, right? Those cold medicine commercials where there's the guys, the big nose, right? Could you imagine if we were all that? We were all just really big noses walking around. Well, we wouldn't have feet. I don't know how we would get around. But if we were just a nose, it would, what would, I mean, we would just smell, right? We would just smell. 
it would stink. You're right. <laughs> but, but that's not the way God created us to be. Um, in, in fact, it says in verse 18, but in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? And as it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unrepresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, Paul says, you are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. Oh, you thought I was talking about the human body, Paul said. And we, we understand the, the illustration, right? All of the different parts and it, it all functions as one body. But Paul says that's, that's merely an illustration or a description of the body of Christ, of, of a church family. That, that we need all of these parts. In fact, uh, if we were to start this out, Nothing, right? Did you sit up in your seat a little bit when I did that? Because something is missing. Who would have unplugged this, I wonder? Right? All right. See, we all need each other. I mean, it, it honestly should go without saying. Little Jenny, age six, proudly told her mother that Billy Brown had kissed her after class. How did this happen? Her mother gasped. She could not believe it. It wasn't easy, admitted the young lady, but three girls helped me get him down. <laughs> you see, we all need each other. We need each other's help. And, and this is an incredible illustration that Paul uses here. And it, it just reminds me of this Rube Goldberg. Here's Webster's dictionary description of what a Rube Goldberg is. It is a comically involved, complicated invention, laboriously contrived to perform a simple operation. Let me tell you how true that is. That's exactly it. And, it. and you know what? That's exactly what the church family is like, isn't it? You know, it's not easy to be a part of a church family. It's not easy to be a part of, of a, close-knit, a, a close-knit family at home either. You know, people are imperfect and they say things they shouldn't sometimes and, and, and we can be mean and there can be friction and those sorts of things. But ultimately, as we think about this whole setup here today, ultimately as a church, as a church family, our goal in being together and being there for one another is that right there, is to proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to those around us. And, and as we grow together and as we proclaim and as we support each other just in, in life, that's what happens. 
That's what happens. There's, there's different parts to a family. There's, there's different parts of a football team. There's different parts of a, a rodeo team or a, a, a church service, uh, parts of a small group Bible study. There's a host. There's a leader. There's, there's attenders. Each part relies on all of the other parts. We need each other. We all have a gift. We all need each other. And the body of Christ is healthiest when we understand that, number three, everybody is different from one another. Everybody is different from one another. And we, you know, we mentioned that three weeks ago when we talked about that we all have a little secret, and that little secret is that, that we're all a little bit weird. We all have a, a few idiosyncrasies that, that other people don't like. And, and to say that I'm right and everybody else is wrong is just, it's just not true. <laughs> You know, we, we, we all have those things. And, and according to God's will, this body is composed of many parts. But we all function as one body, verse 14. And sometimes our differences cause friction and misunderstanding. And we have to work through those. Uh, there was a Swiss guy and he was visiting the United States and he, he pulled up to this corner in, in New York City because he needed some directions. And, and in, in German, he asked, you know, Sprechen Sie Deutsch or something like that. I can't read the whole sentence they have here. I, I worked on it this morning for a little bit, but I, I just can't grasp German in 30 minutes or less. Um, and the, um, the two Americans just stared at him. So he thought he'd try something else. He says, excuse me. If, excuse me. Thank you. Parlez-vous français? Something like that. I don't speak other languages either, obviously. So he tried that one, and the two just continued to, to stare at him. And, and so then he tried parlare italiano, and they just glanced at each other, still no response. And finally he says, uh, hable espanol. And still nothing. And the Swiss guy finally he just got frustrated. He gave up, and he drove away. And uh, the first American turned to the second, and he said, you know, maybe we should learn a foreign language. And the other guy said, why? He said, that guy knew four and it didn't do him any good. <laughs> you know, we all have differences, right? We, we all have these differences and it takes patience and it takes understanding to navigate those things. I mean, we can all be critical of, of organizations or churches that we've been a part of because we had trouble getting along, but... But honestly, that's always going to be the case. There's going to be friction. There's going to be disagreement. And, and, and the Bible speaks to this as well. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. Paul says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. See, he, he doesn't just say, Look, you need to be a body and you need to be a unit. Over, said, and done. No, he says, Okay, yes, you need to do that. And here's some ways in which you can do that. So we need to be humble and gentle. We need to be patient bearing with one another in love. And in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, which we're going to be studying the book of Colossians starting next Sunday, Paul says, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. All a part of functioning in a body in a healthy way. And just as these differences can cause friction, it's our differences that really make us strong when we're working together, doesn't it? I mean, we've got to remember that the one who created us helps us. This week, we, there were a couple guys here, and we were putting up some, some floor joists for the second level balcony in the addition. And 
You know, we never, when guys get here to work, we just know what we're going to accomplish for the day and we just start working. It's not like, okay, I think you should do this and you should do this and you should do this. We just start working. And, and you've been a part of, of, of groups like this, Project One. It, it happens all the time. You start into the project and, and by the end of, of the afternoon when we were working out here, none of us were doing what we started doing. And we all started doing different things and by the end... Um, we had all kind of found what we were good at and we did it. And it became this smooth process of, of cutting and sawing and moving things and, and, and one person nailing on one end and one person nailing on the other end. And, and we each needed each other. We all have a gift. We all need one another. We are all different from one another. And fourth, the body of Christ is healthiest when everybody cares for one another. Verses 24 and 25. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. The New American Standard translates it, God has composed the members of the body. This this word composed or combined is in the Greek is synecharison. Synecharison. Our, our English word synergy comes from it. And, and synergy is having the, it's the basic meaning of mixing different parts together with a specific purpose in mind. It produces mutual support and interdependence in that relationship. You know, members of the local church, we, we need to recognize that how much we do depend on each other. And, and I think we need to not be afraid sometimes to depend on someone else. You know, sometimes, I, I mean, I've, I've heard people say, well, so-and-so just wasn't there for me. And it's like, well, did you let them know that you were struggling? Well, no, they should just know. They should just know. Sometimes we have to humble ourselves and, and ask somebody to help us with something. We, we need to depend on one another. And, and because... Because we need to depend on one another, there's, there's then an incentive to, to remove discord and to deepen our concern for one another. Because if you're not getting along with people, why would, you know, who's going to ask somebody to help them if they're not getting along with them? It's just not going to happen, which is one of the reasons why we need to be humble and, and operate in this relationship with love and grace. They worked together every day at the furniture delivery company and didn't know. Gary would lift one end of the couch and Randy the other. People said they looked alike, but they chalked that up to coincidence. Randy had been researching his family history, and he was an adopted son, and a new law in Maine allowed him to finally take a look at his birth certificate. He learned that both his parents had died, but that they had another son, born June 10, 1974. Then, on a furniture delivery run, it happened again. A customer commented on how much Randy looked like Gary. Randy started nonchalantly asking Gary some more personal questions, like when his birthday is. As soon as he said his birthday, Randy said, I knew. Gary is my brother. Here they had grown up in neighboring towns and attended rival schools only a year apart in age and never knew about each other. It, it was 
a shock to both of them. Phenomenal, said Gary. I still can't wrap my head around it. Could you imagine working with a guy and then realizing that he's actually your brother? A co-worker, Greg Berry, said there's, there's nothing like family, especially when you don't have one. Now they've got it. But that's not all. After their story appeared in the local paper, a teary-eyed woman showed up at the brother's workplace clutching a birth certificate. She was their half-sister, born five or six years before the two men to the same mother. After all these years, she said in an interview with a reporter, here I am, 41, and now I finally found my brother's. That is a great picture of the church. You know, men and women meet at church and find that they're really brothers and sisters. And, and, and there is this commonality that, that comes from being in the body of Christ when you're around other people. It, it's, it's just a striking family resi- resemblance, a deep, inexplicable bond that can occur. And finally, we can start being the family we never knew we had. Special care to weaker brothers and sisters, Paul says. Care. And and that care is to be expressed by rejoicing with those who rejoice. You know, it it takes humility to rejoice with someone who's got really good things happening in their life, doesn't it? You know, I've seen seen, uh, players on on a basketball team where one, one person will get their name in the paper and then the other four or other eight who are a part of the team get jealous because of that person and the, the good things that are being said about them. And what should really happen is everybody else should be excited that this person is, is getting some press because they're a part of the same team, right? They're all together. And, and there may come another day when, when another player will get their name in the paper, but, but we need to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And Paul says we need to weep with those who weep. And we need to care for one another in those times. We need, and and, and it, we have to be intentional and, and take time to do that. Now, yesterday, uh, we were getting ready to go to Scott's Bluff to, to visit the Harshburgers and see Taylor. And, and I, I asked Charlie, I said, Charlie, uh, I said, uh, do you need... He, he, I, I asked him how long he's been there, and he's never left. He's never left Scott's Bluff. He's been there, I think, even at the hospital, all but about two or three hours. And so I asked him, is there anything that you need us to bring you? And he said his response was, prayers and your smiles. And, you know, we could do that. We could pray and we could give him some smiles. It took some time to do that. But we did. Weep with those who weep. And and we need to be intentional about the own about our own pain in our own life. And, and let me give you a quote from Dr. Samuel uh, Camilson. And, and this is what Dr. Camilson says. If pain causes us to go inward, there is no more communication with the world outside. Okay, sometimes that happens. We, 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 we sort of pull into ourselves when we experience pain. And, and, and he says, if pain causes us to go inward, there's no more communication with the world outside. If it causes us to go outward in retaliation then we lose the message we bear. We, we lose the message of the hope of Christ and, and, and His forgiveness and His grace and His peace. But if pain causes us to go forward, 
then we are not bearing the pain, we are using the pain. And, and I think that's really good. Let's not just bear the pain for pain's sake, let's use the pain that's in our life as we go forward for good things. We all have gifts. We all need one another. We are definitely different from one another. We need to take care of one another. And, and the, the fifth thing is, the body of Christ is healthiest when everybody is serving. When everybody is serving. Paul says in verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. The, the ministry of Jesus through His physical body on earth is continued in the ministry of His body, the church, today. It's the same ministry. Mark chapter 10, verse 45 says that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. That, that is the purpose of the body of Christ now, is it not? John twenty twenty one describes this as the Father has sent me, Jesus said, I am sending you. Serve one another. Love one another. Now, I think we've probably all been a part of a team or a group where everyone had their own responsibility to make the team or group function well. I mean, whether it's an organization at school or an organization at work, uh, maybe it's co-workers at work, but, but you just think about life and you think about this whole thing right here, right? We, we all, somebody asked me after, after church, well, what do you think I am, Dave? Do you think I'm the big duct tape ball or am I one of, one of the golf balls that rolls down here or am I the really sharp nail in the end of the, you know, who, I don't know, but I do know that we are all a part and that we all have a place in this body of Christ and, and, and as a part of a team. And have you ever been a part of a team where there was someone who just wasn't willing to pull their own weight? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and it's not like they don't know either. It's not like they're... Because there are people like that, right? They just don't know how the team works. They haven't gotten up to speed yet. They don't have enough information. They don't have enough training or whatever. But there are also those people that, that aren't young or immature and they weren't just learning the ropes. They, they knew exactly what they were doing in dragging their feet. They... They were upset or grouchy and they just, you know, you can see them in a meeting, right? They have their legs crossed and their arms folded and they have a frown on their face. And what they're saying is when you walk into that meeting, I'm not going to play nice today. And it's miserable. It's, it, it doesn't contribute to the health of the team. And to me, that's what our conclusion here this morning is. This body, this church, or whatever church you're a regular part of, will function at its optimal peak efficiency when everyone is serving, when everyone is using the gift that God has given them to be a part of what He is doing in the community, in the community of the church, in the community of the town the church is in, in the community of the county, and beyond. Because everybody has a gift. And we are one body a body put together and arranged by God Himself. And you know what? I think, I think if, if you're someone who... Maybe you are someone who's been intentionally dragging your feet. I mean, you're, you're, you're angry with God and, and, and things in your life haven't been going well and so you've just kind of... You know, you've got your arms folded and your legs crossed and you're just like 
forget it, I'm not going to do anything. Or maybe you're somebody that's, you know, you're just finding out that, that, that God has given you a gift and that there's places that He wants to use you. Um, maybe, maybe there was a time in your life where, where you got hurt and, and you withdrew for a period of time. And, and, and maybe it's been long enough now. And, and what I think... What I think for all of us, and, and, and this is an encouraging, an encouraging um, message, is let's get back in the game. I mean, if, if you're somebody that's standing on the sidelines and you have been, you're missing out. I mean, you're, you're missing out of being a part of something special, something that God wants to do in Goshen County and southeastern Wyoming and, and western Nebraska. And, 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 you know, I don't know if Lusk is central Wyoming, but... but further up north and, 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 and all of our other churches that are a part of our conference that are, that, are, that are trying to get the message of the gospel out so that it can explode in people's lives. And there's lots of things to be a part of. I mean, ministries and, and events and, uh, again, um, outreaches. We're, over the course of the next year, we're, we're focusing on building lives and building communities. And, and I hope that, that, you will, that you will be a part of that. That, that you will, maybe you don't know what your gift is. Maybe you're like, Lord, I just don't think I'm good at anything. Ask Him. Ask Him to show you what, what He has gifted you with. And then be willing to take that thing and offer it to Him as a sacrifice and serve in the church and in the community. God wants all of us to use the gifts He's given us. And I say it's time to take a step and become a part of the machine. <laughs> there was an Orthodox church in Russia. And there, uh, the Orthodox church officials discovered in 2008 that one of their church buildings had disappeared. Okay? Poof! It was gone. Alright? The 200-year-old building, okay, two stories... Um, northeast of Moscow had gone unused for 10 years, for a decade. Okay, but the Orthodox Church, which was experiencing growth, was considering reopening the church building. And that's when they discovered that the building wasn't there anymore. Now, they had to get to the bottom of this. And after investigating the matter, the church officials didn't blame aliens from outer space. Rather, they said the perpetrators were villagers from a nearby town whom they said had taken and sold bricks from the building to a businessman. For each brick, the thieves received one ruble, which is about four cents. This two-story church facility did not go from being a building to not being a building in one bulldozing stroke. Okay, rather, the bricks were apparently chiseled out one by one by lots of people. In the same way, some churches built not of bricks but of living stones, that is, of Christians, are not reduced in one fatal stroke, but rather by Christians one by one choosing not to be involved. Doing their own thing or staying home or, or, or whatever the case may be. Each decision means one less living stone. And in the end, the church intended by God to be the display of Christ's glory is slowly chiseled away. But the opposite is also true. 
that each person who gets involved helps to build a holy temple in the Lord made up of living bricks where Christ is glorified and, and the body of Christ functions in a, in a healthy way. And, and is it free of problems? No way. But do they deal with the problems? Yes, in a healthy way. And people on the outside see that and wonder what it is that's different. And we get an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody is important. And the church, this church, the body of Christ will be healthy. We'll be healthier when we're working and serving and commuting, communicating with each other. And what I think we should do is get the ball rolling. Don't you? So I wonder which, I wonder which part of this you might think that you are. Oh, good. Way to... That's right. All right. We're going to connect this person and hopefully... Oh. Forgot to push the switch. Actually, only one of these is important. Did you hit the switch? No. Well, it's okay if it did. We can always push it again. That one's not as critical. Now, want to hold it? It was nearly catastrophic, but not. Oh, it always makes me nervous. <laughs> All right. Do you want to? Do you want to? You want Get up here. That actually was a pretty lucky throw. (laughs) Let's stand and let's worship the Lord who puts all of us in our own place in the body of Christ. And let's worship Him. The ushers are going to come forward and take our morning offering. And uh, again, next week we're going to start in the book of Colossians. It would be great if you could, could begin reading there and be ready for that uh, sermon series. I'm excited about it. And uh, let's, let's praise the Lord. Put those connect cards also.